This is an Ace Radio podcast. A message from our partners. Do you know someone amazing? The Seven News Young Achiever Awards are now accepting nominations. Together with Ace Radio and the Women of Influence podcast, we're looking for outstanding young people who are making a difference. It could be through their studies, career, a sporting or arts achievement or volunteering. Share their story and help them receive recognition for their hard work. The awards are open to all Australians aged 29 or younger. To get started on your nomination, head to youngachieverawards.com. You could be nominated the next Young Achiever of the Year. Welcome to Women of Influence. Australia is home to some remarkable women. They're raising foster families, running cattle stations, living inspirational lives. Yet many of their tales of triumph are never profiled and never celebrated. So we're changing all that every week through our Women of Influence podcast. This episode, we feature Angelina Aurora. In science, especially, but in all fields, that it's quite easy to get down and to be like, oh, I failed, nothing's going to work. But I think just realising that, you know, failure is just a sign of trying and that nothing is going to be easy if you set out to do something, but it's going to be worth it. And thinking back to why you started in the first place, you can achieve anything. This is her story and I'm your host, Kate Mead. Angelina Aurora is from Glen Alpine, New South Wales. She is an environmental scientist, innovator and inventor of a biodegradable plastic. And she's under 18 years old. She is an ideas woman. She wants to encourage more young people and women in particular to engage in STEM projects and careers. She's received a Green Globe Award and was placed fourth in the World Science Olympics. Angelina is a woman of influence. Angelina, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I love interviewing people, but can you tell me what it is about questions what has made you so curious I think I've always been curious ever since I was very young and I just had this hunger to learn more about the world like I used to ask my parents why is the sky blue or why is grass green and just questions that they really don't know the answer to so I think it's really that that has allowed me to develop onto making a difference in the world and to create inventions that people haven't thought of before. Did I see you were on a TED Talk and there was some crazy stat around the number of questions that children ask compared to the number of questions that adults ask? Yeah, so children ask so many more questions, like it's in the tens of millions. And that's really interesting to see because... We, it just shows us that as we grow up, we either become more insecure or we become more dependent on technology, that the number of questions we ask or our curiosity to answer those questions dwindles down. Now, you are 16 years old. Tell us about where you live. So I live in Glen Alpine, which is um, – it's like almost – kind of semi-rural like it's around nature it's not exactly rural but um I still get the opportunity to be like around 
nice scenery and I get to have my animals like chickens and rabbits and all sorts of things. I'm curious um, on the day that we're recording this, uh, it's actually Tuesday the 12th of November. Today has been declared a catastrophic fire danger day and for the next seven days uh, we're moving into an actual state of emergency is what it's been said. Are you close to those fires or whereabouts are you in the scheme of things? Yeah, so I'm all right. I'm not too close to the fires, but my area has been uh, declared in a state of emergency. Can we talk about um, your love for the environment? And I suppose that's why I was curious to see where you are, you know, in relation to those fires. And you're already indicating how lucky you are to live in a (laughs) space that means that you've got outdoors and you've got your animals and around nature. What is it about the environment that... um, sets you on fire makes you so passionate um i think you know the environment it's so important to preserve for future generations like the way that things are going it's not going to be enjoyable like we have been able to enjoy it for our children our grandchildren so i find it really important i almost take the responsibility on myself to make as much difference as i can to preserve the environment and i think that everybody if they play their little part that they can make a difference so if i say to you um put a little shrimp on the barbie being a great aussie line that we all use and got to admit for a second that um you know when i'm looking at shrimp on the barbie i'm thinking about how beautiful those prawns do taste um you looked at prawns and saw not food but something else (laughs) Yeah, so from shrimps, I actually saw a Barbie doll. (laughs) You saw a Barbie doll? Yeah. Okay, okay, explain all of this to me. So I basically, I've been experimenting with bioplastics for a long time. Uh, Ever since I was in year nine, we had to do a school project and I started looking at cornstarch and potato starch to make bioplastics. And they ended up being quite successful. However, they were soluble in water, which would mean your groceries would end up on the floor in the rain. But also they were taking away a potential food source. So ever since then, I thought maybe there's a way that humans can have their convenience to still use plastic, yet still not damage the environment. So then I looked at waste alternatives, and so we won't be taking away a food source. And I started off with banana peels, and that didn't work. And I was having dinner one day, and I looked at shrimp shells, and I thought, oh, they look like plastic. Maybe if I could take what makes them look like plastic out and put that into a plastic and make a biodegradable plastic. And I continued on experimenting, and I eventually found, like, a ratio where I could make a plastic that breaks down 1.5 million times faster than conventional plastics. This is, okay, so incredible, number one, and this is what I love about that idea of um, great questions but also creativity. Like I always think when I hear or speak to scientists and researchers, it's about just being curious and asking that question like, what if we did this? What if it would do that? So tell me, so this is a school project. So you say to your teacher, okay, well, here's why I want to try, try prawns and they say, to you what? So it started off as a school project in year nine and then I had the amazing opportunity with that project to win like a couple of awards and go off into Melbourne and 
go to a camp with CSIRO run by BHP Bulletin. And from there, it really just sparked the idea of like all the things that I could improve about my project. Um, and then from there, I went on and continued on researching in different universities and just trying to extend it to make something that would actually be commercially viable. So where are we at right now then? So from product or project to do we have a product now? Yeah, so I do have um, a couple of prototypes, but I've also gotten overwhelming response from many manufacturers and companies who are willing to stock my um, my plastic or use it in their packaging, for example, for swimwear, but also people who are willing to manufacture it from all around the world. So that's been amazing, but currently I'm in the process of finalising patents. I was going to say, how do you you know, navigate this brand new world now. So you were 16 years old. You've come up with this incredible idea. You've got it. Uh, you've got the interest there. So now you need to be a businesswoman. So um, what are you learning? What are you learning on the fly? And have you had to, you know, this is cutthroat business now. Yeah, no, so I'm pretty lucky that my parents um, are in business, like they have their own business, so they know a little bit about it, not too much about the science and like how patents and all of that work, but um, the business side of things, they can help a bit, but also I've been very lucky to be getting a lot of help from mentors from CSIRO, but also um, the Science Teachers Association and the Young Scientist Committee in um, New South Wales, so um, I pretty much had to grow up overnight and um, learn all the ins and outs of business and how to actually take a product into the market because I think the hardest thing for scientists is we have these great ideas that are in the lab but actually executing it and getting it out to make the difference that it was intended to make can be quite challenging. Becoming a businesswoman, what's been the biggest lesson that you've learned so far? Um, I think the biggest lesson is to just not see age as a barrier but as an opportunity to do more. Because, like, um, always whenever I go anywhere to conferences or to meetings and stuff, I'm always by far the youngest person. And, you know, if I start thinking that, oh, I'm too young, I'm not meant to be here, or, and I think that's the tendency that we have to think like that, it would really put a barrier between me achieving what I want to do. So I think just getting that out of my mind and not like seeing any difference in age is essential. I love that. And because they are little roadblocks that, I mean, you could nearly put roadblocks in in your way at any age, but it's that self-talk like, no, 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 I deserve to be here. I got a product, you guys need to listen to it and I'm taking myself seriously and you should too. It's no preconceptions need to come into place. I I love that. Like That is something that I can take away today. I love that. But I have a question now for you um, without glaringly obvious. Um, you mentioned, you know, plastics for swimwear or uh, packaging. Um, can you talk me through the smell of this thing? Like... <laughs> I'm the process. Like I'm thinking about the the prawn shells if they haven't been in the freezer for seven days afterwards. Like how are you? I, I, kick me off here. Yeah. So basically, it looks and feels exactly like a plastic, like a lightweight plastic bag that's transparent. Um. So 
because I'm only taking out one carbohydrate out from the crustacean shells, it, there's no smell to it, or it, it's not exactly prawn shells um, that it looks like or smells like. Um, but and I'm also mixing it with um, like proteins from, the, you know, the protein, the sticky protein that spiders make their webs out of. Yes. Uh, fibro, and so yeah, it's got a mix of materials in it, so it doesn't smell or look like prawn shells. But I was probably yeah, being so a bit cheeky, like, but I did. I was a little bit curious. I have to admit, I did have that yeah, moment yeah, thinking, no, "Now, come on." <laughs> So what's next for you? Like what are your hopes and dreams right now? Because I always think it's really, really important to verbalise what you're hoping to achieve. So perfect world situation, what does this look like for you? Yeah, so I just finished my HSC yesterday. Congratulations. Um, and graduated this year, um, one month ago. So um, I'm moving on to university hopefully next year. And I'd really like to do medicine because that's another one of my passions to just see people at their most vulnerable and be able to have the ability to put a smile on their face. But also another one of my passions is to combine sustainability and medicine because in hospitals we waste so much packaging because of hygiene. We There's so much plastic around if you go in and see. So I just think if we could um, – change this and I'm already researching about antimicrobial properties and um, how to make my plastic sterile um, to use this plastic in, for medical applications. Do people call you a trailblazer? <laughs> I've heard that sometimes. <laughs> and what do you, I mean we talk about future so going to uni and things like that, like even me I go okay so she's about to embark on what will be an incredible breakthrough for the industry and for the environment. I mean, I, have you got great people around you, helping you, guiding you, mentors? Yeah, Mum, yeah, you spoke so about mum and dad. Yeah, so I've been very lucky. Obviously, my parents are super supportive and my school has always been supportive, like my science teachers and um, a lot of people around the school. But um, I also have, because I've done like a lot of work with my projects because they CSIRO and BHP Billiton, they run this um, camp to get students and I won like an award called Innovator to Market, which was um, like first nationally for my project. So with that comes with like a lot of mentoring to develop the project and get it out into the market and also a lot of networking events and opportunities with the people that network with CSIRO. So um, and on top of that, I've had the support of the Young Scientists Committee from the Science Teachers Association in New South Wales. And are you going global as well? I saw that uh, you received first place in the World Science Olympics. I mean, is this just another step for you too? Yeah, so um, it's been so like amazing and shocking that people all around the world have been hearing about this. I had never imagined it. The reach of everything to go this far. I've been getting messages from all around the world with companies and manufacturers, but um, also just people, young people who are inspired and they make little posters with my face on it and they send me pictures mm -hmm. or like people who are making a difference in their community or inventing because they've seen my TED talk or they've heard about what I've done and have been inspired. The TED Talk would have been a daunting experience for you, but I imagine 100% worth it. Yeah, definitely. Like, 
um, I've always loved talking to people and just getting out there and speaking on stage. But obviously, um, with the amount of people and the nature of the TED Talk, it was a little bit overwhelming, but also very, very rewarding. And I'm so glad that it turned out the way it did. What does um, fun and socialising look like for you? You've just finished HSC, as you said, and, you know, from where I'm sitting, I go, okay, so she's about to embark on a multi-million dollar company. Uh, she's going to study medicine. What does fun and letting your hand down and relaxing look like? Um, so, I re- like, after I HSC, I haven't really had a chance to relax but I will be this week I'm probably going to take a couple of hot baths and lie <laughs> down at home and binge on Netflix um yeah all the things that normal teenagers would do obviously on the side of doing all of this are you comfortable talking about Greta another champion for the environment what are you what are your thoughts on Greta and what she's achieved this year um, I think that what she's achieved has been phenomenal. Like with her global climate change strikes and everything, she is really making a difference as much as she can. I know she started off with just one sign outside parliament and it's turned into this massive global movement. And I think that she's really exemplifying what everything that I'm saying or everything that I try to talk about for young people, especially young women, to be empowered and to try to make a difference as much as they can and eventually that difference will spread on to the rest of the world. Did you strike yourself? Uh, yeah, so I went to one of the climate strikes. Yeah, and um, did that, do you think the message is getting through? I'm The reason why I want to talk about it is because you are a champion uh, for climate change and trying to make that difference on the impact that plastics has on the environment and somehow for you one of those challenges I imagine you can correct me whenever you like is cutting through to get that message heard yeah yeah definitely to um I've been very lucky. I've had like a lot of media and a lot of people who do want to um, broadcast the message and um, who do want to share the message with everybody else. So, uh, but of course, it has been a challenge of getting it heard. Actually, I know the organizers of the climate strike in Sydney, and um, I've been working with them closely and um, being part of the organization of the climate strike so yeah it's challenging to get the message heard but um for me it's been quite good in the way that it has automatically organically kind of progressed into being able to share the message what is your personal message then today people are listening right now to you on this podcast taking on board what you've achieved already and thinking my goodness what has she got uh, to achieve in the future this woman is going to go on to incredible things but right now when we are listening to you what's your message what's the one thing that we need to know for the future i really think that um in science especially, but in all fields, that it's quite easy to get down and to be like, oh, I failed, nothing's going to work. But I think just realising that, you know, failure is just a sign of trying and that nothing is going to be easy if you set out to do something, but it's going to be worth it. And thinking back to why you started in the first place, you can achieve anything. 
why you started in the first place. That is something that I can write down. And that's always it, isn't it? When you're ploughing through or maybe pushing up against some resistance, you've got to be really clear on what your goals are and what you want to achieve. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I want to thank you, Angelina, once again for joining us on the podcast. I love that final message from you today. And um, I hope that everything, you know, you remain safe today over the next few days with the fires. I hope that that all, all, um, you know, comes to an end soon. Australia is all behind everyone in New South Wales right now. Congratulations on what you've achieved at the moment. And I I mean, I keep, we caught up with McKinley Butson a few weeks ago. She, I don't, I'm not sure if you know her or yeah, if yeah, we've her. been close friends. Oh, of course. Why am I not surprised <laughs> at all? Uh, you know, another incredible story, and that's the thing I keep thinking. You're, you're one of these people now that I want to catch up with in five years' time, and I, I want to check in and I want to say, how's it going? Like, what have you done? What are the challenges been? What does it look like? Because, you know, we need to, we need you guys pushing, pushing as hard as you can to do what you need to do. It's amazing. So thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for having me. It's been amazing. Women of Influence is a podcast for Ace Radio.